everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie and I'm so excited to bring you season three of Death Valley Girls Podcast. Do you remember hero Yvonne Smith from episode six and 59? She is the abductee, contactee, hypnotherapist, and this season is dedicated to her 30 plus years of leading Ciro, Close Encounters Research Organization. Recently, they made a book and documentary that should be out next year. It follows members of Ciro and how their lives have been impacted by their lifelong experiences. Yvonne will be speaking this year at Contact in the Desert, Roswell UFO Conference and Festival, MUFON Symposium, and is teaching an abduction training class for therapists. If you want to go into this field and you are a therapist, please visit her website, which I will link below. My favorite part of this phenomenon is the people that are contactees, abductees, and experiencers. If we want disclosure, it must start with listening and believing their stories. They hold the keys to this mystery, and we must give them a chance to be heard. Now, please welcome to your head and heart, Camille James Harmon. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for coming here on our podcast. Um, You're welcome. I'm excited. Yeah. um, And can you, uh, first of all, just tell everyone your name? I'm Camille James Harmon. I'm an actress living in Los Angeles. Cool. Um, And I guess just so everyone knows what's going on, uh, this is going to be season three um, of of the podcast. And it's going to be a little different than the other seasons in the sense that uh, it's going to focus on members of a group called Ciro, which I think is Close Encounters Resource, a research organization. Um, these are people that have uh, been abducted or experiencers or um, or contactees, and uh, but they're also just regular people. <laughs> this, this is just, this is, uh, this phenomenon is more common than you think. And I would just like to bring these stories out. So I noticed that a lot in the media and other places, like you'll see a movie like Fire in the Sky, um, which is an amazing story, but like one of the few that focuses on a person and what it does to their life. Everything else is like aliens attack the earth, it, you know, all this, you know, all this other stuff. And to me, I've always um, really, really been drawn to the, you know, the personal side of of what happens, what what happens to a person when does it happen and what do they think has happened and so I'm really grateful for you to be here and I guess a good place to start if it's okay with you is how did you find Ciro what led you to find Ciro I found Ciro through Yvonne Smith back in the 90s the mid 90s when um, there was a lot going on with alien abduction And a lot of the big names like Dr. John Mack and David Jacobs were giving talks. It was kind of the golden age of alien abduction research, the mid nineties. And so she was a part of that. And I discovered her through MUFON meetings. And I originally, when I first had my experience had gone to Barbara Lamb and then I learned about Yvonne and uh, Barbara Lamb for regression. And then I learned about Yvonne who also did regression. And so I wanted to experiment with a different person and just see what, what it was like to work with her. So, I mean, they're both great. I was just yeah. treating it like a scientist, like, okay, yeah, aliens. When I went to Barbara, if I go to Yvonne, am I still going to get aliens? You know, let's see what happens. So, so I did work with her only one time so far. However, we have an event coming up where I'm going to be doing a session live. Oh, wow. What, when is that? Well, Contact in the Desert is coming. Oh, okay. And I've never been to that. And I haven't had a regression since the 90s. Wow. Incredible. I, I have gone all over the place with my theories about all this stuff. And and at one point I dropped out and went religious for a long time and just just like left the whole conversation And since I've been back last year, I have been drawn to go digging again. And I do have some targets that I want to look at. So, so I have been going to, um, Ciro 
events and meeting others and participating in the conversation again and learning a lot. I'm playing catch up because I did drop out for a while. Now I'm back in and I, there's so much going on. Yeah. Catch up on all these new names and things going on in the disclosure movement, um, as well as just how the experience has been changing for people. Yeah. Well, I know Yvonne's spoken a lot about a, um, a sort of, um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but uh, urgency to find out what this, what is going on. Do you feel that in your uh, experience? I do. I, I feel like I may be, I mean, people talk a lot about being activated, right? Like um, there's so much we don't know with this phenomenon that we have to uncover. And it makes you wonder like, wow, if all of this was happening to me and I had to go digging to have, bring it to consciousness, then what the heck else has been happening? And that, you know, I may not be aware of until some grand timing, you know, or digging combo kicks yeah. in here and, and I uncover the next level of knowledge about my personal situation. Because right now, all I can do without hypnosis is read books and watch videos and, and listen to the general discussion about it but right when you're someone like me as I'll get into like what do I know consciously versus what do I know through hypnosis and what right. have seen and have evidence for versus what what am I you know learning through hypnosis and questioning and wondering how valid is it you know it's complicated yeah no for sure <laughs> it's totally complicated and it that's really interesting to think about because I think most like a physical injury, there's like a specific thing you can do to get from injury to healing. Um, but in a normal psychological situation, there's uh, an event and that leads to healing. But healing in that sense is a lifelong journey. And and if you're not exactly sure what exactly is happening, you need to go even further back and find out what the incident is. Um, and in your guys's case there's not really any precedent for this type of occurrence so it's not like you can be like oh well people usually you know take up a knitting and then it's fine like a year later it's just uh you're inventing your path of healing which i think is uh remarkable but also um you know is 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 huge it's a big deal um but do you want to would you like to start uh with your the beginnings of your story or more yeah, what kind I, of I think it's important to start at the beginning okay. and and then look at it in different perspectives and contexts as I move through the years. So I'll, I'll just start at okay. where I became. I'll say the beginning because what I mean by the beginning is when I became conscious of this experience, which was 1995. Whether it was actually the beginning, I doubt that. I think I probably was a childhood abductee. I have all the signs of that, and I can get into that, but. I had no clue about any of that until 1995 when I was in my late 20s and all hell broke loose and mm -hmm. I just had to go with it, you know? Okay. So, you know, I will, I will uncover more, I guess, as time goes on, but um, I'll tell you how it started. So back in 1995, I was living in New Orleans originally with my boyfriend at the time. We were both actors and I had just come off of a performance with him of Richard III. I was playing Lady Anne and he was playing Richard and it was a big hit. And we performed it out, outside, excuse me, in this beautiful setting in City Park in New Orleans. We had a horse on stage. It was awesome. So we thought we were hot stuff and we were going to move to L.A. So we made plans to move to L.A. in September of that year. I had my master's degree from the University of New Orleans, my master's in theater. I had my SAG card. I had some film and TV credits. I thought I was really hot stuff and I was going to go, you know, become a star. That was my plan. And same with him. He was doing really well, too. So um, shortly before we moved in August, one month before the move, I was working in an art gallery in New Orleans in the French Quarter. And I, I took my lunch break and went over to the bookstore to look at the books and get some lunch. And I was compelled to buy Whitley Strieber's book, Breakthrough, which was sitting on the shelf. It was blue and silver. It had the big alien head on it. And I just, I just looked at it and I was like, oh my God, I, I had remembered, 
I did watch the movie Communion. Um, and I watched it because of Christopher Walken, one of my favorite <laughs> actors. I didn't watch it particularly <laughs> because of Aliens. I just, right. <laughs> Christopher Walken. So Fair enough. I had not read Communion, but I had seen the movie. So when I saw this new book, you know, it, it rang a bell and I was like, oh my God, that guy is still writing about being abducted by aliens. Like he has more books. Like, Ooh, I wonder what, what do you think's now? It was just a curiosity, but yeah. face jumped out. So I bought the book. I sat there and read the book at the gallery in August when it was so hot and we had no tourists. And I was just, my mind was blown. Like my mind was blown. That was my first wake up call. And I thought it was the most important thing on the planet right then, just from that book before I had any inkling that it involved me. Okay. So yeah. that was my real awakening. Then the next month we moved to New or to, from New Orleans to LA and we had everything going for us. Like I said, we had jobs, we had a great rental house. We had, um, I had an agent right away. I mean, it was like, you know, we were checking all the boxes. Yeah. Like, you know? Cool. And then all of a sudden I had all these weird anxiety and and bodily things going on with me like sore breasts and I noticed that my period went away for three months and I was on the pill and usually before when I was on the pill and I would be late for my period I would just go to Walgreens and get a test and it was like okay I'm not pregnant great but for some reason I didn't go to the drugstore I just kept waiting and waiting and, and like three months went by and I was still waiting and then um in December of that year, 95, we were walking our dog and we saw this UFO in broad daylight while walking the dog. And we had looked up because our, our dog was barking at a squirrel that had run up a palm tree. And that's why we looked up and uh -huh. we saw this black thing that had like a shimmer around it. I don't know what shape it was. It was so high. I think it was probably a triangle, okay. but it was, it was totally still. And we're looking at it and, you know, we could see it by the palm tree that it was not moving. It was yeah. still in the sky. It um, wasn't sorry. Was it silent or could you hear silent. it? Yeah. It was silent. It was really high and it wasn't moving and it had the shimmer around it. And my boyfriend was kind of making fun of me like, Oh, it's a UFO. And you've been reading those books and and I, and I said, shut up, you know, and we looked back at it and it was gone. And then I was like, holy crap, that was a UFO. Like, I'm yeah. like here's the leash. I'm running home. So I literally <laughs> off the dog, ran home, looked in the phone book, and they actually had a UFO hotline for MUFON wow. back then in the LA. Oh, phone. cool. So I called them and I said, I, I want to report a UFO. And they said, okay, great. And they took the report. And then they said, we have these monthly meetings if you want to come. And I was like, I am there. I am there. So started going to the meetings. And Kim Carlsberg spoke. And she had this book out with with Herb's experiences. And it was illustrated by Daryl Anka, who channels Bashar, okay. who's an artist. So these incredible illustrations of her abduction story, which included... Uh, she was in the entertainment industry too. She was a set photographer for Baywatch, the TV show. Oh, wow. Living with either it's either the producer or the director she was living with on the beach in Malibu in a big house. Wow! So she was having these abductions that totally, you know, just just upended her life. Yeah, and uh, and it included the hybrid baby phenomena, right? Yeah. So I'm reading this and. I mean, I'm, I'm watching her give this talk and then I go to her table and I'm looking at her book and there, there's a checklist in the back. Like you might've been abducted if, Oh, wow. Things. And so I'm, I'm like looking through the list and I'm like, I think I have like at least 85% of the things wow. on this list in my life. Do you remember what they are? I mean, there were things like, you know, waking up somewhere where you didn't go to sleep, you know, when you weren't drinking or whatever. Um, paranormal fears, nosebleeds, you know, all these things that yeah. some of them were childhood, some of them were adulthood things. And I mean, I still have the book, but I can't go look at it right now. That's but anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, I just was, I was like shaking in the back row going, oh my God, I think I'm one of these people. Like yeah. I do. <laughs> and I went to Barbara Lamb. She was there that night. And I said, Hello, I understand you do have noses and I would love to schedule a thing. So we scheduled a reading and, oh, I forgot to say, not, I mean, besides seeing the, the UFO, 
in December with my boyfriend. I had had this attack of sleep paralysis twice in one oh night God. in December. Oh no. And in one of the uh, one of the attacks, I yeah. heard I heard a voice call my name, like a robot sounding voice say Camille in my left ear, which had never happened. I had never well, I had had sleep paralysis, but I'd never heard anything. Right. So that was very disturbing. Yes. Um I ended up seeing a show on the learning channel too, by the way, and somebody had explained that they had that too. And they had actually captured it on a, on a tape recorder and, oh and they played it on the show and it sounded the same, like that robot sound. So scary. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I was, I, I was like, I'm having the worst time in LA. What the hell? Yeah. So um, we did the regression and I had the whole full on abduction scenario memory and I had come to in this you know this light filling my room that turned into a blue light that took me through the ceiling in a fetal position and then I was next thing I knew I'm unfolded I'm flat on a table in a white misty room indistinguishable I couldn't see any walls or anything just mist and there was a uh, I was terrified to even look around and then there was this row of beings to my left that were they all looked alike. They were very white with the big heads and the black eyes, the big wraparound eyes. And they wore these white robes with a very high collar. And they had an emblem, like a, like a triangle inside a circle emblem and these really long arms. And they were telepathically telling me to calm down. Did that help? <laughs> well, actually, the word was relax. They were saying relax, relax, relax. Did it- My head. No, it that, okay. <laughs> I mean, under hypnosis, I'm just like terrified. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no. And then um, another being I could not see, but I knew the presence was there, but I couldn't see it. I was blocked or something. Appears between my legs and on my knees magically open with no one touching them. And I'm like, holy, you know, this is it. Okay. I'm really, I'm really freaking out now. And I'm screaming and, they say, um, we have a, we have a, you have a baby and we want it, you know, and I'm explaining this to Barbara. Cause she's asking me like, what's happening? What's happening? Yeah. That's what I got. And then I was just like screaming and crying and my teeth were chattering. I think I probably lost two or three pounds in that session. Just crying I'm so and sorry. Screaming and being in sheer terror, like no terror I've never known in my life. Yeah. In real life. That was so extreme. I don't know how to explain how terrifying it was. And then I saw a flash of a, of a gynecological instrument, like a something speculum, something that was going to go in there and take something. So it kind of looked like an egg whisk, you know, it had slats. Oh my goodness. And, um, and she and I was panicking and she said, you can go above your body and watch this. And so I did that perspective in the memory. And this being went inside me and took something out very quickly and walked out of the room with it. And I could see there was some skin, some kind of blob in there, like a little pink something. Oh my goodness. And I was just uh, devastated. I was like crying and, you know, they didn't even let me see it. And I'm just crying, crying and feeling this incredible loss. I'm so sorry. And, you know, and then that was kind of the end of it. And she brought me out of hypnosis and I went home with my little cassette tape to my poor boyfriend. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm going to play this for you, but you know, get ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I, I played it for him and he, you know, you could see it in his face. It was like, oh my God, my girlfriend is never going to be the same again. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it was definitely a before and after of our yeah. relationship. So what do you do with that? I mean, you try to make sense of it. You try to like say, okay, well, if it wasn't that, if it was something else, what could it have been? You know, and your brain tries to make sense of it. And I would, I talked to my family. I talked to my friends and, you know, someone suggested, well, maybe you had an abortion and it was just like a screen memory of an abortion. And I said, you know, okay, I could see that would make sense, but I've never had an abortion. So that doesn't apply. So next, yeah. you know, next theory. And um, I had to take it for what it was because it matched my body. And I, okay. I, had, I had, my period had come back in January. 
after this event. So I had no period for three months. And then I had this sleep paralysis UFO combo. And then yeah. I, and then everything went back to normal in January. Yeah. So that was the first event. Now, the second one, do you want me to go right into that one? With oh, yeah. No, I just want you to know I am so sorry. Um, oh, thank you. Know. I'm sorry, too. I mean, it's I, not. it wasn't my uh, <laughs> first choice of experience to okay. all <laughs> life forever in a direction of being labeled, you know, a weirdo. Yeah. Um, like I said, I had everything going for me. There was no reason for me to make up something like this. Yeah, Honestly. it's just take away all of the different levels on, on the core level. I'm, I'm very, very sorry. And then on all the other levels and layers, I'm also so sorry, but I, I think this is really important. Uh, I think this is, someone's going to hear this that didn't know that this has happened to someone else. So well, thank you. And it's, you know, we have come to learn. It's like super common, like a super, yeah. super common in the phenomena. So next thing that happened that was weird, that made me target something with hypnosis um, I went, I went to sleep every night and my boyfriend was out of town this particular week in July of 1996. And, uh, he was filming back in new Orleans of all things. He got a job back there. So I was alone and I was waking up three nights in a row or three mornings in a row, I should say at 4am sharp, looking at my digital clock going, what the heck? I didn't hear noise. Why am I awake? And then, you know, once it happened three times, it was really weird because it was exactly four zero zero every time. And I was like, what is going on? And then I got in the tub to shave my legs because I was going to meet my friend at the beach. And I looked down and I had this freshly scabbed over uh, triangular shaped needle prick thing on yeah. my, like, you know, three needle marks in the shape of a triangle on my calf. And I was like, I know this is some alien thing. Like I've seen it in a book or a movie or a, a, not a movie, but you know, one of those shows on the learning channel. Back then it was the learning channel. No, right. It was on history channel and travel <laughs> channel and back then <laughs> learning channel. And um, I found it. I found it in a book I had actually. And so I I wanted to target that. And I went to Yvonne this time because I had heard about Yvonne. I said, let's go see, you know? And so I told her, I said, you know, I don't, I don't have a sleep paralysis memory, but I have this weird waking up three mornings in a row at the same exact time. And then there it was. So she put me under hypnosis and she did a test on me, by the way, which is really cool. At the beginning of yeah. the session, she what did a, she did a hypnosis uh, susceptibility test. Oh, cool. Can you explain what that is? Actually? I'm so curious. Well, as I recall, cause this was again, you know, a long time ago. Um, it was something to do with my arm and she, she did it. She like made a suggestion about my arm and then did something with my arm and my arm was like super obeying her. Okay. <laughs> verbal suggestion. So she said, Oh, you're very hypnotizable. I was like, I know I can, barely, <laughs> I can barely drive on the highway without passing out. I have to have like music and caffeine and the windows down or someone has to stay awake and talk to me because I will yeah. fall asleep on the highway. So, um, so we go into the regression and in this memory, I had the blue light again, but this time I went out my window, which was an interesting variation. So I didn't go up. I went up and out the window and feet first. And I remember the feeling of going through the window was like when you stick, if, like if you stick your arm in a bucket of room temperature water. Wow. So, like there's a difference in the feeling, but it's, it's the same temperature, just a different right. resistance. Or That's something. interesting. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I don't That's know how they do that with people like make us go through solid objects. I don't understand it, but they can do it. Yeah. I don't either. <laughs> So, um, this time I go out the window and then I'm on the table, right? Boom. I like, I don't see a spaceship, right? So I, it's not like I go out the window and go, Oh, look a ship. I just, I'm in the light and then I'm on the table. That's, that's how it works for me. Okay. So I'm on the table and this time, um, it didn't feel a misty white room. It felt more like a room with, with normal lighting, which is interesting. 
But there were three little beings around me on three sides that had kind of lumpy brown heads, like okay. green. I can only see the tops of their heads. I couldn't see their whole body. Okay. Short. And then there, by my by my right leg, there was this very tall, similar to the one be, the with the big black wraparound eyes and the the white robes. I remember fixating on the long fingers with the white robe, the sleeve, and and just being enthralled by the hands of this creature. Um, I thought it was beautiful. Like I even said, the hands are so beautiful. So I was scared, but I was like mesmerized by the hands or something. And I was screaming, crying. And the the little guys, um, I said, you make me scared of children, but you're not children, but you look like children, you know, cause you're short. Yeah. So I was like ranting at them and um, I was cussing them out. And then <laughs> put its hand on my forehead and it starts stroking my forehead. I was like, get your creepy little hand off me. And I just went, Oh, and they took all my fight out. They took all my anger and just subdued me with that. Whatever. With a touch or just forehead. Okay. Touching my forehead. I later met a woman and I was telling that story to her because she had seen being similar to mine, the tall whites with the robes. And I, you know, I mentioned to her, um, you know, uh, I was angry at them and then they, then they touched me and I calmed down and she said, Oh, what did they do? Rub your forehead. And I said, yes. <laughs> and she said, Oh yeah, that's what they do. And they want to calm me down. And I was like, Oh, I did not tell her that. I did not say that. <laughs> So that was weird. Um, yeah, connecting the dots. Is yeah, that's really what's so weird. great about meeting others is you get yeah. these details that match up. It's really weird. So the next thing that happened was the tall white one. Uh, he grabbed this. There was like a, a a wand with a tube that came out of the ceiling. And then there was a rack, like a spinning rack of, of tips. And he selected a tip and put the tip on the wand and then held my left leg and just went pop. And just, you know, made that mark with the oh. wand. So I don't know what it was. It, it seemed kind of like an inoculation. Oh, wow. Okay. It didn't seem like an implant. Okay. Um, so that's what I recalled from that. Yeah. That was the time with Yvonne. And I did a drawing and everything. And um, so, you know, uh, I took a picture of it which I lost. I actually sent the picture to Roger Lear, the doctor who was doing implant removal. Yeah. He wrote me back and he said he was very interested in my case and he had the picture. And then I actually got talked into working with another doctor at the time by a MUFON person who had recommended another doctor. And that doctor did take an x-ray and I had nothing in my leg. Okay. And the mark went away like within a few days. It didn't stay long. Okay. So that's why I think it was like some kind of inoculation, not a... Um, not an implant object thing. Right. I am I'm guessing. So, yeah. so that all happened. And then the next thing that happened, um, you know, again, I tried to, I, you know, and I wasn't taking all this lying down. Like I was trying to research it and I was trying to make it stop. I actually saw an ad for, in the whole lifetimes for someone who said they could stop alien abduction. And I went to the, Oh, swim. wow. Yeah. And her name is Mari Angelique Raphael. Okay. And she, she, she said I had made a soul contract to work with these beings. Do, do you find that to, or does that feel true to you? As true as anything else I can figure out. Okay. She said she would sever the contract. Okay. She did this prayer over me, which she said like severed the contract on all time, space and dimension. Okay. And I was crying and it stopped happening. So. Oh, wow. Just saying. It stopped happening. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> another thing that was interesting at the time was I went, now this was around the same time. So I can't say when this happened before or after I went to see that lady actually, because it was all like, there was a lot that happened right at that time period. But I had with my new job, when I moved to LA, I had dental care and I went to this dentist and I had all my fillings taken out, the, the, the mercury fillings, and I had the white fillings put in, right? Cause they're prettier and I'm an actress. So he changed it out. <laughs> he changed out like all these fillings and they were fine and they look great, except there was one tooth that was hurting me. 
it was sensitive to everything. And I, I went back to him and I said, I love, I love my new feelings, but this one's bothering me. What the yeah. heck? Check it. And he, he, he said, come back, you know, it looks, the seal is good, but come back if it still hurts in a couple of months. So anyway, long story short, I came back and he said, well, I'll drill it out and I'll redo it and we'll just see what happens. I'll use a different brand. And I said, okay, whatever you say. So I said, if you ever find anything weird in my mouth, you have to tell me because I am an abductee and, uh, you never know. And then I said, also, I have been reading that sometimes people have issues going to the dentist because they, they get anxiety because it's similar to being on the table with aliens. Right. And he said, Oh, that's so interesting. I said, I've never freaked out at the dentist before, but if I do, (laughs) (laughs) another thing that's so embarrassing about this is that, you know, you sometimes you have no um, filter sometimes about explaining yourself to people. In my case, I'm a communicator. So I just, I talk freely. Yeah. So he said, well, I read a book about Roswell. So, okay. Whatever lady, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So he digs out my new feeling and he finds this weird thing in my, wow. And he says, you know, there's, he got a mirror eventually and he showed it to me and he goes, you know, actually there's this like, spherical or half spherical hard charcoal gray thing in your tooth and it's not the old filling and I don't know what it is and it wasn't there when I put your filling in six months ago oh my god oh my god and he was scratching on it and showing me with a mirror and I said can you take out a piece of it and he said no it's so hard I can only you know turn it into dust with the the drill and then it goes in the water and it goes in the thing and I said oh he said what do you want me to do and I said just just fill it and you know you got some of it out right and he said yeah and I, I said just fill it and um because he said I don't know how deep it goes I oh like, my god <laughs> and I guess it didn't show up on x-ray which is another thing like you would think wow right so um he filled it up the pain went away so I felt okay so I just kind of forgot about yeah. it but then I thought, you know, I would like to do a regression to that because that is weird. And so yeah. back to Barbara this time, just to mix it up. <laughs> I am so excited to work with Yvonne soon in June. Um, but I went to Barbara. I'm like, you know, bouncing around. And um, and I, I expect it. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to saddle up for another alien drama. Better, you know, drink some water and block out the whole day. Right. Yeah. So I go get hypnotized for this. And instead of an alien memory, bum, 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 I have instead what uh, many people refer to as a MyLab memory, which is um, military lab. Oh, wow. Okay. So that really, really, really ruined my day. Yeah. <laughs> Made me super paranoid and you know yeah can you explain what do you mind explaining what that is I will and I will explain how that was different from the alien so in this memory for what it's worth I don't know if it's true um you know hypnosis whatever that is and I came to on a table but I was in a regular exam room it wasn't like a spaceship or anything weird there was a counter you know there was a door um And there were, and I felt really drugged. I didn't feel like I did with the aliens where I was hyper alert and aware. I just couldn't move. Like my body was frozen, but my mind was super awake. In this memory, I felt drugged, which was different. And there were two guys in there and they had lab coats on and they had khaki pants and they had shiny black shoes. And the vibe was military underground base vibe you know and they referred to me as a troublemaker I didn't get like a lot all I got was like you know you're a troublemaker or this ought to fix you troublemaker or something like that and what they did was they took a syringe and they squirted something right through my cheek into my jaw oh my god so whatever, whatever this was, if I'm remembering it correctly, was liquid and it was inserted this way, not in my mouth like a devil. Right. And then they put me on a, a gurney and they rolled me down a hall and 
I opened up in this room um, that was like a hanger kind of a thing with a with a rounded wall or some kind of, you know, yeah. It seemed like a um I want to say like a a retractable dome. Okay. And the ceiling, oh, it was a, there was a black helicopter. I know it sounds so cliche, but this is what I remember. Oh, I mean black helicopter on this yeah. launch pad or whatever. And um and then the ceiling opened and it was very bright. It was it was daytime. And I remember like, ah, so bright. And then, you know, putting being put in this helicopter and they go up and they fly off and they land in this little field below my house in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, right by the intersection of the two and the five. Oh my God. No. <laughs> and they they tell me to go home and take a nap in broad daylight. This okay. happened. So I came out of that hypnosis. Barbara was freaked out. She said it was the first military abduction hypnosis session she had had. Okay. This is the first and, I've heard about. One, okay. Two. Thing. Um, also, another thing that was weird about this one was the recorder did not work when she pressed record. Like her recording wow. of it did not happen. It didn't work. Gross. No recording. <laughs> yeah. That was annoying because I really wanted. I have the. Yeah. Drink. Have the transcripts on the and the tapes of you know all my sessions except that one. Yeah. So, but the anger I felt and the the confusion about it was that first of all the betrayal if it's humans is so enormous and scary, and the implications yeah. of being in some kind of program like that, black project is so scary, and then the fact that the fact that you go, okay, if I didn't remember that and I had to go get hypnotized to remember that, right. what the hell else happened to me that I don't remember? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even want to imagine. Yeah. And you, you worry, you're like, you know, I mean, what I understand is there are people who have reported this happening to them in some similar way. And they believe that the military or the paramilitary or the whatever this is, whether it's a private force dressed like military, we don't know what it is, um, that they may be taking abductees to interrogate them, uh, question them about what the aliens are teaching them, showing them, revealing to them, because they're trying to play catch up. Like they're, they're always, you know, trying to gather information. So yeah. maybe being um, picked up to be questioned or something. I, I mean, don't know. That, I wouldn't put it past them. I just, it's such a shame that it has to be uh, in such an intrusive way. It seems like it, yeah. you know, there's a million other ways to do it that don't involve uh, potentially, you know. No, but uh, they can't. Like if they did it, if they did it in a way that wasn't secretive and of you know, utilizing memory wipe of some kind, right? They would have to admit they're doing it, right? To do it secretly is the only way they can do it and not admit they're doing it. I mean, but see all this disclosure coming out. I think that's what really triggered me last year. Yeah. What if all this is coming out? What if I finally am going to get vindication of my story, and? I have to like get back in the, the information. Right. And find out what is like, I dropped out, you know, to go religious for a while. And now I'm like, okay, wait a minute. If this is all about to come out, I'm back in because I want to know what the hell happened. And if someone wants me to testify to Congress for whatever reason, I'll be there, you know, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for what what else am I going to do? I mean, I'm out of it. And that was the other thing that was so hard on me because my boyfriend, you know, it was horrible for him because, you know, he didn't sign up for this. And um, I would talk about it, you know, like at parties and whatever. I just thought it was the most important thing in the world. Hello. Of course. Yes. But, you know, you come across as being um, crazy to people who can't make that jump to, to that. I could be, I mean, they, they didn't think I was lying. Like people were generous enough to, to not think I was lying. They were like, right. They were like, I don't think you're lying, but I think you're wrong. 
or I think you're delusional, but I don't think you're deliberately making it up. Right. And I'm like, well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I can take is please please just acknowledge that, that I'm not making it up. Yeah. Do you feel like people know you like as much as they know you as an actress as um, and you you consider you're an abductee? I call myself an abductee. I mean, I would call myself a contactee if I if I felt more like aware of what was happening to me. Yeah, no, I think I didn't really know the distinction until recently. So I feel like I should ask everyone. Yes, because, you know, words are important. (laughs) I feel like I've been abducted. Right. Yeah. Uh, in what I know so far as to have been not with my permission or right. knowledge on this in this life, in this consciousness. Anyway, if people say I've made a contract, then if I'm not aware of that contract, then to me, it's still an abduction. Right. And do you feel I made a contract, but I don't know, you know? Yeah. No, totally. And do you feel like anyone else in your family or? Yeah, actually. So that's one of the things, you know, when you go through this, you go through, why me, why me, why me? Is it my DNA? Is it because I have this genetic trait or that genetic trait or, and I was in these support groups and there were all different people in there. There were people of all races, all religious backgrounds. So I thought, I don't think it's racial or genetic or whatever, but they did say there was a high number of abductees that had um, Cherokee ancestry or Irish ancestry. Oh, wow. And I have Irish ancestry. And also that have, there's some, I don't know if it's a rumor or true data about the RH negative blood type. Right. I have have RH negative blood type. I have green eyes, which is a mutation. So if any of that boosted my numbers, maybe. Now, as far as uh, lineage and my other family members, so, I have NASA family. Oh, wow. I I lived with my uncle for a year in Huntsville, Alabama. He worked for NASA. He was a mechanical engineer under Werner von Braun. Okay. Wow. And he was involved in some events that had UFOs associated with them. Wow. That's every every time I would ask him about it, he would just say, I don't know anything. It's NSA. And and they'll never tell you. And you just need to get over it. (laughs) in a mean way yeah and you know and the people I've met since then that have just said to me you know your uncle can't tell you he signed a stack of NDAs and you just have to not hold it against him and he's passed away now and he died last year I'm so sorry I know he was sweet and I wanted to pick his brain some more but he's so sweet but his daughter works for NASA now oh wow he won't tell me anything either so (laughs) But I wonder, am I, the only reason, I'm not accusing them of <laughs> something nefarious. I'm just saying some, there's a, lo- a lot of abductees have relatives in the military industrial complex, the yes. agencies, the aerospace industry. There is a lot of correlation. I, yeah. you know, even though I lived with him only a year when I was like two years old, if I went to the doctor on base or whatever, I don't know. You know, you hear this rumor that the, the government made the deal with the aliens to swap biology for technology. And so if they made that deal, did that mean that people involved in that swap, their immediate family could be on a list or is it just any random people that the aliens wanted to take? Like if that's a real thing that happened, that deal. I mean, so that put me on a list. I don't know. I no. don't know either, but it. It definitely seems to be a large number of people ha- that have experiences ha- are have something to do with the military in some way or another, NASA, mm-hmm. some way or another, Navy, you know, all of these different things. Um, but it also might be that there was more people doing those jobs before when all this was happening. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then I so as far as other family, you know, I asked my mom and she doesn't claim to have any knowledge of that kind of thing. Although she did tell me once when she was meditating, she felt giant claws on her shoulders. Wow. It was freaky. And then my other mom, her sister, I was adopted by my aunt. Oh, cool. I asked my aunt, like she didn't have anything, but then I remember when we were kids and we went to see close encounters of the third kind at the movie theater. And we came yeah. out, we were sitting in the car and she wouldn't start the car and she looked at us all serious and she, and we were like, you know, like 10, 11 years old. 
And she said, I want you to know if the spaceship comes, I'm going. Wow. We were like, <laughs> thanks, mom. What's yeah. that? But that was her that was her reaction on seeing that movie. Wow. That's and I remember, interesting. I know. I, I asked Bashar at a channeling once. Bashar is this alleged alien who channels through the sky. Yes. From our future, apparently, if you believe him. And I told him that story. And he said, what your mother really meant was when the spaceship comes, I go. And it comes and I go and it comes and I go. Wow. It's like, holy, yeah. Really? So <laughs> he was saying that she was an abductee and she wasn't conscious of it. And that was her way of. Oh, interesting. Triggered by that movie. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She still hasn't. I mean, if you're unconscious of it, though, then you're unconscious of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the only other thing was my grandmother, both all three of them. OK, so my mom, my aunt and my uncle, their mother, my grandmother on my mom's side, she it was in and out of the hospital a lot before she died. And one of those times when she was on a lot of medication and whatever, apparently she started freaking out in the hospital and saying she saw aliens in the hospital and they had to call her Presbyterian minister to come pray mm -hmm. with her. And the whole family got mad at me. This was in Huntsville. And they were like, Camille, see what you did filling her mind with all those ideas. You had to tell her about that when she's old and she loves you so much. And why did you tell her that? And, they were really mad at me. Yeah. And my only response was like, well, okay, but maybe she's because she was on medication. Maybe she could see through the veil or something. Yeah. And maybe she was seeing aliens and all. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's sorry. Golly. Yeah. So do you kind of get the sense that, like you said, a veil, do you get the sense that it's existing always but only sometimes do we like interact with it like a, in a dimensional way or what do you what do you think is oh, I, I'm not asking you no, like to exactly. know but what do you think well it's interesting because okay I have a couple of perspectives on it one is religious I think that and I also had an experience with light beings which is a whole other story so they were like angelic beings and so I do, I have had that good experience too. Yeah. Under hypnosis. But, and I love Jesus. I'm just saying. And I think oh. Jesus is connected to the good angels, obviously. Yeah. And to, the, to the, what may be good extraterrestrials. If you're going to yeah. get good and bad ones and all okay. that. And so I just pray. And I think like Jesus said all the time, it is not my time. He was always saying that, like, they were always trying to push him, like, do this, do that, you know, or it'll say in the Bible, but it was not his time, you know, and there's, he's always talking about timing, which is interesting. Yeah. So I think there are different moments in time when things switch into another, like, plan. And I'm married to an astrologer. So wow. he sees things like that, you know, that things go through cycles and change points. That's right? so interesting. Yeah. He looked, he looked at my chart when we, and he had experiences with UFOs. We met at a gas station in Malibu talking about my bumper sticker, which is a whole other story, but <laughs> we are married and we both are abductees. That's crazy. Wow. We met at a gas station in Malibu. So, but, but he looked at my chart for that time period in, in late 95 when all that happened to me at first. Yeah. Wow. Look at your chart. Look what you had going on by transit. He said, you had progress moon in the 12th and you had um, Saturn in the 12th and both of those planets in the house indicate you would have a massive shift in your understanding of your subconscious. Whoa. Which was interesting, you know? Yeah, so, totally. And now he's doing research on the astrology of UFO events, the astrology of abductions. He's looking at famous wow. interviewed Chris Bledsoe and put on his podcast. So yeah, Jeff Harmon, if you guys want to check him out for that. Okay, cool. Very interested in like finding recurring astrological configurations that happen during abductions and things. Um, so I think they're like some people know now, they know more consciously what's happening with them because it's their destiny or it's yeah. their plan on some other level we don't know about. 
Whereas people like me who have to go get hypnotized and we just have sightings, like I've had lots of sightings and I've had all the sleep paralysis and have all these marks on my body, but I don't remember. I have to go get hypnotized to remember. Yeah. That must be like, like as a safety mechanism, because I had other things to do in the meantime, and that maybe would have interfered. Right. Or like maybe me going Catholic and going back to church for nine years, maybe I needed to do that for the next level of my destiny and my ability to see things through a different lens. Maybe it was because I needed to develop as an actress and be in an Oscar winning film and do all yeah, these congratulations by in the my way. career, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe like God knows what the plan is. And so God is above abductions and God is involved in all this, right. The way I see it. So, so whatever it is, whatever, whether it's a spiritual battle or who knows what it is. I'm sorry. There's a poodle. Huh? Oh, <laughs> there's a hello. Poodle <laughs> Oh, Tommy. <laughs> say hi. Hello. Hi. Oh Sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any pets right now. My pets both passed in the past. Oh, that's not fair at all. Yeah. So sorry. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely. I mean, it's. I, I'm so happy for you that you're coming back to it and getting at, and at a time where it's there are other people to talk to in an even bigger way than before. Um, come right. here and, and that. Um, yeah, I'm super. Go go down there. Sorry, <laughs> I'm super bummed. We're not gonna um, be able to make it to contact in the desert, but it's like the it's a wonderful, wonderful weekend. You're gonna have so much fun. Uh, don't forget your bathing suit. Uh, it's like so yeah, hot and I, yeah and you can that's one of the places where you can like go to the bar from in the pool uh I don't uh, necessarily drink but I've always wanted to do that <laughs> yeah I don't know I didn't actually get a room at that hotel um I had I had to get a room at a resort nearby unfortunately so it's gonna be a logistical pain but um I don't know I'm looking forward to socializing I do like being around people who get me. There is a camaraderie definitely in the, in the whole field, you know, that I'm yeah. religious for a long time. And um, I still, I just want to be open-minded, you know, it's like, I don't want to go fully on board with aliens are great and they're going to save us. And I don't, I don't want to go there. Um, totally demonic walk away either. I think it's more complex than that. I think it's many levels of, of entities and creatures. And since I got interested in Tartaria research in the past couple of years, which is a whole other subculture about re-examining history with a different perspective, um, a perspective of previous resets and that oh, there are cool. ancient civilizations that have been reset as late as the 1800s that we've cool. not been told about fully. And that, you know, it's kind of goes with my conspiracy theory leanings where, you know, there is a controlling uh, human connected with possible non-human bad guy, Illuminati, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Literally control our textbooks, control the medical industry, control everything, control the media. And they shape reality, right? They shape reality because they build our, our movies and our books and our news and everything. And so there are a lot of weird things about the 1800s that are questionable, make you wonder if there wasn't a reset, even that. Wow. Recently. Well, I, I would love to bring you back to. We could talk about all that another time. I yeah, mean, but- I'm down to talk now, but I, I don't want to keep you too long. Hmm. Um, but that is so cool. What's that called? Tartaria research. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for introducing me to that. That's that's kind of stuff I'm super into. I definitely I just I I love Yvonne, but I love you guys. And I think I don't like anyone not um, feeling heard. I don't I just that goes against my uh, astrological awful. makeup. <laughs> it's awful. And it's, I mean, I laugh about it. Like I do have a sense of humor and I'm able to joke and laugh when I tell my story because I've told my story so many times. Yeah. Sometimes I've, I did an, an interview recently where I was watching the chat and people were complaining, like, how can she laugh? And how can she, you know, like they expect you when you tell your story to just burst into tears. Yeah. Time. But 
when you've told a story so many times and it happened that long ago, you are able to tell it without bursting into tears. Or, you know, or you're time. lying. If someone's no. crying about something that they've told multiple times over 20 years, it's a lie. Because your <laughs> trauma doesn't work that way. It's like, you, you, be, you, I mean, as far as I know, is you become either you detach or, you know, it would be weird for you to not have gone to a new place with your story. Well, thank, you for, thank you for understanding that. And it's not like I don't have PTSD-ish symptoms. I do. I have a low-level anxiety. I have anger issues. I have trust issues. I have a lot of, you know, issues with living in a world that, you know, up until recently was not acknowledged by the government as being a real thing. It's like I was, I try to explain this to people and you, you said the same thing. It's like, okay, if you're a rape victim, there are resources for you and there's, you know, legal compensation. There's support group. There's a medical community that's, that's there for you, all that. Right. If you have something like this as your trauma, you you do have resources. Thank God. I mean, we do have UFO groups and groups like Ciro and they are connected to people like doctors and stuff. So you can go into that subculture and find support. Thank God. Yeah. But you cannot go into the broader world and find support. You yeah. find ridicule. Okay. And that what that's what causes a lot of us to, you know, have issues with anger and things. Yeah. Well, PTSD is uh is huge and particularly to not be acknowledged uh that you can't work through it and you know uh i just i'm proud of you for finding um or you know just even in the first place knowing that it was something you wanted to uncover i think that this interview and the, you know every time you speak just will really help someone to realize that you don't have to keep it locked up uh, keeping it locked up can get you sick um, and that there, you can be believed, um, and, and you, you should find a group that does believe you. Yeah. And I just, I was lucky enough to meet a husband that, you know, does a weird thing for a living, <laughs> does well at it because my acting, my acting career is very sporadic. And, and then with the whole COVID craziness, yeah, I was, see, I went into full anger mode during COVID. Yeah. Because I'm a conspiracy theorist and I was, I was onto it from the beginning. And, you know, I live in an area that's very sheepish and they're very much about follow the rules and, and put your mask over your, all that. I was just so over it so early and I'm in the entertainment industry, which is like totally crazy. (laughs) And so I had, I was like, how can I make a living in this industry that is so on board with this COVID hysteria and, you know, forced vaccinations. And I wasn't taking the shot. So I didn't get the shot. So I couldn't work for like, you know, the last year and a half, I could barely work. I could do like these little non-union jobs, but I couldn't do any of the big studio jobs anymore. And anyway, and that's still like, they still aren't stopping the COVID stuff until in two days. Oh, wow. Well, so yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and that's a whole other thing is, uh, yeah, is uh, there seems to be certain things that um, could weigh more than than the vaccine. Like so a person with your uh, just just in general, there seems to be there's certain things that like uh, people with some kinds of past might want to have. Um, some type of bodily autonomy, but rather than go into that, because uh, I do have a feeling everyone. Yeah, everyone has their opinion about that. But I'm just saying, it's an example of like when I saw any form of tyranny like that. Yeah, you can't take it. I can't take it. Yeah. I'm I'm like, I'm onto it. And (laughs) it was a real problem for me. So, yeah. Life, you know, that's part of my makeup. Yeah. No, well, thank you. And is there um, anywhere, anything coming up that you want? people to know about or any last messages you want to convey um, to the people I mean, if, if they want to visit my website camillejamesharman.com okay sure you spell it with an a-n Harman. i'll attach the link 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, that's where I put my acting stuff. Cool. I do. I do. Um, I have social media that I put my UFO stuff on as well. Cool. Um, but it is it is dicey. You know, I mean, I could lose jobs over it. But I'm like, you know what? I'm out of the closet. I'm using my real name. If they Google, if they Google me, it's gonna come up. So yeah. they're gonna have to deal. And I talked to my manager, and she said. You know, the world is so crazy. It might, you know, help your career. I'm like, no, not bad, but I am in the I am in the running for a couple of documentaries right now. Cool. About this. I do have some acting jobs happening. So things are all posted on my social and on my. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here um, and sharing your stories. I, I really, really, really appreciate it. And I know it's going to help so many people. So thank you. You're welcome. Okay, bye. <laughs>